was in place to proceed and overcome all the obstacles. But in 1929, the start of the Great Depression pulled the financial rug out from underneath the project. So another plan was proposed, and the public on both sides of the strait were convinced to create bonds by putting up their homes, their businesses, and their farms as collateral to cover the $35 million project. <clears throat> the people that lived in those areas believed that the long-term financial gain was worth the risk of putting up everything that they had. In 1933, the project started, and between then and 1937, two 746-foot towers were built, 80,000 miles of individual strands of steel were woven together one at a time to create the cables that hold the one-mile platform across the, the strait. Eleven workers lost their lives, but 19 other ones were saved by the first-time state-of-the-art safety net that was created. Today, more than two billion cars have crossed over the Golden Gate Bridge, and it is still considered one of the greatest engineering feats of all time. And you can see it's a magnificent bridge built in, 19, in the 1930s. So why am I talking about the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, like Joseph Strauss, we as Christians are all in the bridge building business. And like the Golden Gate Strait, we all face obstacles in our lives. And like the people who paid for the bridge, we believe that the risk of putting our lives and everything we have on the hook to build bridges is worth it. And most importantly, like the Golden Gate Bridge, we all benefit from the greatest bridge-building feat of all of eternity. <clears throat> Let's look at Romans 5, 1 to 11 in the New Living Translation, and we'll explore this a little further. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. We rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Jesus Christ came at just the right time and died for us, sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though Someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us 
while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We are all in the bridge building business because 2,000 years ago, Jesus built a bridge for all of us. In Romans 5, Paul says, while we were still sinners, while we were helpless, and while we were still enemies of God, that Jesus restored us through his death and resurrection. We were not only separated and disconnected from God, we were his enemies. We were enemies of God. And nonetheless, the Bible says also that God pursued us. He came to us. He died for us. He restored our friendship and he gave us peace. Our sin had completely cut us off from relationship with God. Without something to close the divide that sin created, there was no chance of returning to God. But Christ's blood shed on the cross is the bridge. It is the only way that as enemies, we could be brought into relationship with a holy and perfect God. Some of you may have seen this illustration before, but I have never seen an illustration that I think better depicts the bridge that Jesus built between us and God, covering the, the deepest depths of sin and the most insurmountable challenges of life. <clears throat> we are all in the bridge building business because Jesus built a bridge for us first. In his life and ministry on earth, Jesus also gave us many examples of bridge building. John 8, 2 to 11 talks about one of these examples, and we'll look at that also in the New Living Translation. But early the next morning, he, Jesus, was back again in the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one 
beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. <clears throat> and Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. In this very short interaction, Jesus successfully diffuses a, a hot crowd and he shows his perfect grace by refusing to condemn the woman that by law deserved punishment. Jesus gives her the opportunity to live in the perfect truth and freedom of repentance and redemption. How did Jesus accomplish this? He did it because he made those around him look into their own hearts and lives. He brought to their attention the fact that in condemning her, they were actually also condemning themselves. Maybe if you're like me, you wonder what exactly Jesus was writing in the dirt. I often speculate that it was the sins of those in the crowd, but I don't know. Nobody does. This is the beauty of so many of Jesus' teachings. They often allow us to fill in, in the blank. What would have Jesus written in the dirt that would have made me walk away? What would have it been for you? Jesus was the only one in the crowd who had the right to condemn her, and yet he chose to offer her freedom. Jesus offers us all the same freedom. We are all in the bridge building business because Jesus showed us how to build bridges and he invited us to build bridges with him. How many of you have ever heard of mall hide and seek? Just a couple hands, all right. Well, it's essentially hide and seek played in the mall. And so I'm guessing if you haven't heard of it, most of you haven't played it before. Well, this is something that our youth group used to do on a fairly regular uh, occasion. The youth group would go to Park City and divide up in teams. Other persons from the congregation would be asked to go to Park City and walk around. The object of the game was for the teams of youth to find as many congregants as they could in the allotted amount of time. Well, shortly after college, I was asked to participate as one being sought out. The catch with this whole thing is that the congregants could choose to disguise themselves if they wanted to. So I decided that I would disguise myself, and here's what I came up with. <clears throat> I may have overdone it just a little bit. <laughs> when I walked into Park City, I realized I stood out like a sore thumb. And I think as I was walking through the mall, I was actually scaring people because I could kind of see people, you know, doing this or kind of looking away. Um, but as I walked through the center of the mall, I noticed three other guys sitting at the fountain that looked about like me. 
So, in an attempt to blend in, I walked up to the guys and said, hey, you guys mind if I hang out for a while? And they were immediately were like, oh, man, you absolutely have a seat. So I sat down and we started our evening together. So the first thing that they wanted to know was if I played guitar because I looked a lot like Slash, the lead guitarist of Guns N' Roses. After I gave them a disappointing no, I pulled out my license and proceeded to tell them that I didn't actually look like this, and I showed them my picture. One of them pulled out their license, and they showed me what they looked like just a year or two before. I learned that they were a local heavy metal rock band named Midnight Tuesday, and they learned that I was there with my church playing Mall Hide and Seek. <laughs> we had a great time. The funny part was that how they got into the game as well. If I would be like, don't look now, but there's a group of youth walking by, they would instinctively like hide their heads and look down as if they were going to get caught. I think that was probably a little more obvious with four guys dressed like rockers being like, mm, you know, as they walked by. Um, so why do I tell you this story? Well, I tell you the story because it's a very simple example of bridge building. I took a seat with a group of guys that I would normally have just passed by. I learned to know some things about them, and they learned to know some things about me. I learned that beneath, beneath the rock and roll exterior, they were just ordinary people looking for friendship and belonging. If we are brave enough to take a seat engage with others, and let God work through us to bridge the gap, awesome things will be sure to happen. The question is, why did I need such an out-of-the-ordinary scenario for this to take place? What opportunities are we missing? What in our everyday lives hinders us from bridge building? As believers who have been given everything, Aren't we as well, as well equipped as anyone to be in the bridge building business? We can be mediators between others in conflict. We can be defenders of the defenseless. We can be an advocate for those who need a voice. We can intercede on behalf of those caught in bad situations. And sometimes we can just simply be friends to the lonely. It is not always complicated, but it's also not always easy. We are equipped with the perfect grace and the perfect truth that only comes from God. Where in your life do you see yourself fitting in to God's work? Has he shown you any places where you can be a mediator, a defender, an advocate, an intercessor, or a friend? We have the opportunity to be these things involving big world problems like COVID, racism, political divide, but we can also be these things to our friends, our coworkers, and within our own families. <clears throat> Recently, Delyn Hoover, a dear friend of many of us, passed away suddenly at age 48 of a heart attack. Delyn was a classmate and a friend of mine from Lancaster Mennonite. Delyn and his wife, Gloria, moved to Costa Rica 
in 2003 and founded VitaNet. They spent 17 years making disciples for Christ by building bridges between cultures, age groups, and countries. They saw the needs that exist and they answered those needs with both physical and spiritual solutions. Over the last 15 years, three of our youth groups have had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica and join for just a short period of time the bridge building that was already taking place through VitaNet. More recently, Stephanie Good and Josh Varner have been able to spend a year with Delin and staff as part of Vita220, which is a gap year discipleship program uh, as a branch of, of VitaNet. Delin's most noteworthy characteristic was his passion for building bridges. He never thought, now that bridge is built, we're done. He was always dreaming, observing, acting, and planning for what God would have them do next. He was a great example of how God can use an ordinary guy from Lancaster to do extraordinary things for God's kingdom. Here's a picture of Delin standing on an actual bridge that VitaNet built in one of the communities in Central America. It was built to give that community easier access to their water source. On the bridge is a sign in Spanish that says, Jesus Christ is the bridge to life. This bridge and its sign act as a constant reminder of God's provision, both physically and spiritually. Delim will be missed by many here on earth. However, the bridges he took part in building will leave a legacy that will continue to change lives for all of eternity. We are in the bridge building business because it brings fullness to life. This week, I want you to identify one obstacle in your own life or in the world around you. This part should be easy. Then I want you to be listening and looking for how God wants you, wants to help you build a bridge over that obstacle. We are all in the bridge building business because Jesus built a bridge for us first. Because Jesus showed us how to build bridges and invited us to build bridges with him. And because building bridges brings fullness to life. We just need to get out of our own way and let God work through us to make it happen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you first and foremost for building a bridge for us to cover the divide that sin created. Lord, we thank you that you humbled yourself and came to earth to show us also how to build bridges and give us an example of how to live. Lord, we just thank you for the fullness that you give us and the peace that you give us in life by participating in your work and following you. Lord, I just want to ask that you would make us all aware of how we can be part of building bridges for you and go about uh, your work in our everyday lives. We pray this all in your name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Tony. As I've reflected on Tony's message, it occurs to me that it wasn't that long ago in my life, and it might be true for some of you, that I thought that I couldn't do what God wanted me to do, that there was something in my way. Whatever that might be for you, it was different for each person, but I learned that God has called us his children, that he has given us his identity, that we belong to him through the Holy Spirit, and that when we have a relationship with him, he is the one that not only gives us that identity, but he empowers us to do what he's calling us to do. And so the songs that we're singing this morning about all the things that God has done and, and the song that we're about to sing about our hope being built on him and set in him, we need to remember that when God is working in our lives, when he's speaking, he might be speaking to you right now about something he wants you to do, and you might be thinking, I can't do that, God. I'm not equipped, or I'm not good enough, or I'm, you know, fa a failure in some way. And God is saying, don't believe in yourself, believe in me, because he's the one who has the strength. He's the one who has the power, as Tony's just told us, to do what he wants to do to build bridges through our lives. So, as we join together in this last song, I want you to re reflect on that with me and think about how God is the cornerstone, the foundation on which we stand. He's the one that gives us the strength and the power to do what he's called us to do. Let's, let's join in this final song together.
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless stand before the throne. It's all because of you, Lord. about you but I feel really encouraged this morning thank you Tony for the message and for the worship team for the worship this morning as we go through about um, as we go about our week I encourage you to wake up each morning and just sit in the presence of God ask him how he can use you in that day um, and just to learn more about him and let me leave you with a verse from Ephesians 3 20 to 21 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his great work that is within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus our Lord throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.